0: Hi folks, my name is Kevin Dunn and welcome to Agency Unfiltered, a bi-weekly web series and podcast that interviews agency owners around agency operations, growth, and scale. Nobody knows how to scale agencies better than those that are already doing it and they're happy to share an unfiltered look into what has worked and what hasn't. In this episode, we have the CEO of Inbound FinTech, a London-based financial services and FinTech marketing agency. Sheila discusses the role of thought leadership in client engagements, specifically how she helps improve the credibility and value of clients' content and content offers through multi-participant, thought leadership-driven content curation. Low-quality white papers are a thing of the past with Agency Unfiltered. Thank you so much for joining us today uh, on ABC Thank you Santa for having Filter. me. Yeah, very excited. Um, I think this topic uh, or subject is going to resonate a ton uh, with with the viewers. Um, now, what we're here to talk about is this idea of thought leadership uh-huh. and how it can be a, a powerful aspect to your go-to-market strategy or marketing strategies. So maybe the best place to start. Why don't you just uh, teach us like what your definition of thought leadership is? and like why you've decided to invest so many resources uh, into making it happen for your team. Okay,
1: yeah, great. Um, so we predominantly work with B2B agencies, B2B companies. Mm-hmm. So um, thought leadership is, um, how do I describe thought leadership? So it's really getting a piece of collateral. It could be sales collateral. It can be a content offer which is really valuable and insightful to the prospects. So, so many companies come to us and say, yeah, we've got a bunch of thought leadership, we've got a huge amount of content, but content, you know, often a typical company or a typical subject, there is so much content out there about it. So we try and make it very different and thought leadership is um, offering a piece of insight, not selling, it's a really piece of credible thought leadership insights and valuable content to address the pain points or a hot subject about a subject matter. And we often use experts in the field to participate onto a multi-participant paper, for example, to give their opinions about that, to make it a really credible piece of collateral. Mm -hmm.
0: That's great. How do you draw the line between I don't want to say like regular content but like a, like content that the you know moderately well versus no this is uh, the quality of something we'd consider thought leadership. Does that make sense how do you Yeah, make that totally
1: makes sense. So um, We often sort of come up with an evergreen campaign. And the evergreen campaign can be used for inbound, outbound, ABM, SEO, organic. So we come up with this idea and we look at uh, the industry and we look at what's lacking. So really, you have to look at what's out there Mm -hmm. about the subject matter and what are the objectives of the campaign. So we come and we say, okay, you know, this really would benefit from um, a piece of, Multi participant entries onto a, a, a piece of paper or onto a white paper that will then be really insightful. So that puts it, it's a different approach than a, a white paper, mm. uh, a white paper on a, a subject matter from mm. one source. Often a piece of thought leadership is from multiple sources or links to credible sources. Mm. So it has that differentiation yeah. against, against you know, a piece of content.
0: So it sounds like the important piece is like that multiple perspective element to whether Absolutely. it's citing or looping in, linking to other sources or just having multiple contributors to the actual piece.
1: Absolutely. It, just, it, it not only sort of turbo boosts the power of the thought leadership, it becomes an evergreen campaign. It has aspects of SEO. It, often our clients uh, need to raise their credibility and brand authority Mm -hmm. so uh, it really elevates them trust for we we work in fintech financial markets and capital markets and it's really a relationship building thing uh, for our companies with prospects because often the sales cycle is very long you know it can be like a year or two year so that nurturing it works perfectly with inbound because that nurturing is massively important so um, yeah to have people like uh, credible thought leaders in that marketplace, uh, putting uh, an aspect of their perspective on a particular subject matter onto a white paper is is highly credible.
0: Um, you mentioned there um, you work with fintech, some financial companies. How important is aligning yourself tightly to like a particular industry or vertical? Like, does that play into thought leadership? Do you need to to have a, a target market uh, before you can start creating that content?
1: Yeah massively important for us because the ecosystem is only so big. So everybody kind of knows that the journalists, the, the real, you know, well-known bloggers, the thought leaders on, on banking, on payments and so on. So we have a relationship with them. Mm. So we can reach out to one of the guys and say, hey, we're doing this white paper on X. You, we don't pay them. Mm-hmm. We, we You know, this is going to be a really good piece of thought leadership. We're going to link back to your site. Our, our client X would really like you to participate. Pay and we just want your opinions on the matter so we're not selling the products and services for our client where our client is endorsing this uh, this um, piece of collateral which comes from multiple, multiple different companies. It might be a bank, it could be a, a payment provider, it could be a compliance officer. So when you create this, and it takes like six, eight weeks to create because you put interviews into it, do research, keyword research. When you come to you have this really heavy duty white paper mm-hmm. with multi-participants enter it, uh, it's just got this evergreen approach and, and it raises and elevates the brand authority of the client and it gives them a relationship with the ecosystem, with the industry.
0: So it sounds like by having that, um, like aligning around that target market, that industry, that vertical, you get a, a better feel of the landscape of who the other perspectives are that you should be reaching out to. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and also really importantly, because we know the landscape really well, uh, we know the sales cycles of um, our clients and we know what aspects where in the per buyer's journey the persona is Mm. so when you're putting together a piece of thought leadership you know you can't go out there with like a decision-based you know buy 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 because the persona's not ready for that they're they're collecting research and information about subject matter and elevating our client by sort of not you know hubspot don't sell start helping And, and doing that it really elevates the trust And it it just adds another trust and credible factor for our client, which makes them download the white paper, which makes them go into a nurturing workflow or an MQL or an SQL, and so it all sort of ties together and it it works really well.
0: That's a great point. So it's not even just looping in the right people at the beginning or like the content creation process, but you know exactly where in the buyer's journey this content fits and what the sales cycle looks like. Yeah. so
1: So, So that's massively important. So we we normally have this like cluster of content offers, and in the middle will be this piece of thought leadership. It could be a case study. It's often a multi-participant white paper. It's, uh, you know, a, a, an event where we have a round table and we invite thought leaders onto a round table and it could be a video. Um, and, and surrounding that sort of cluster content, that topic cluster, will be various, you know, we'll do a pre-blog, a post-blog, uh, a video. Uh, and, and so it has this supporting material that we then use for Inbound.
0: Mm, so it's a very campaign-focused
1: Massively initiative. evergreen campaign
0: um going back to like the multi-participant white papers Mm -hmm. or or thought leadership pieces um how do you build those relationships if you were just getting started or any tips for anybody that wants to to start building those relationships
1: yeah so for us it's uh we had we hired people who who was in capital markets had no marketing experience and they were journalists Mm. who had those relationships and they act as a segue into that ecosystem because we we're so you know we're only two years old, mm. um, so that was really important that we hired people really well known who really not only understood uh, you know the right people to go to and introduced us to and on what uh, you know the part of our company but very importantly knew. How, what the pain points are of the personas. And that's really the most important thing that you are talking their language. You know, if you don't know about equities or faster payments or, mm-hmm. you know, it's so technical that um, you have to resonate. You've got like a blink test, five seconds for that prospect to see the image ad and then think, you know, will I or won't I download this piece of thought leadership? Mm-hmm. So those keywords, not only for a quality score on LinkedIn or, or AdWords, but... They really have to just tick the box immediately with the persona and we, we know the personality of the persona and we know what's important and that we do a huge amount. So we look at it from an inbound perspective, content from an inbound perspective, persona workshop, keyword research, you know, industry research, mm. buyer's journey, full funnel. And, and then that's how we approach it. Mm,
0: that's great. And so it sounds like to be able to, to pull all of those levers you're intentional with your hiring, and that you're, it sounds like the folks that you bring onto the team are from the yeah, fintech or financial services industry. And so that's how they build the relationships, can speak the language of the person.
1: Absolutely. 100%. You know, I can go in there and talk about marketing and sales, and HubSpot, and inbound and outbound, and ABM, and SEO, and PPC. but and HubSpot these, Academy. And, and HubSpot Academy, 100%. <laughs> But um, having people that actually can go in there and talk about a trading floor, like we have trading clients, and you know the buy side and the sell side of, of financial services, you need experience from within. You need to be one of them. It's kind of like a closed members club. Mm. Um, So we hire from the market and it served us really well because, and then Fort Leadership, it becomes a really valuable piece of Fort Leadership. It really is not just a white paper on a subject that you can find on Google. It really is quite a considered valuable, insightful piece of information. That's great
0: you said that they might take six to eight weeks, especially as you bring in more participants, yes. get a couple different formats. So that's a lot of time, right? And mm. so a lot of bandwidth, a lot yes, of resources yeah. go into this effort. So how on the, once you hit go or publish or start the campaign, how do you track uh, the results? How do you, like, what's the baseline to make sure that you're getting a positive return on all this this content work? Yeah,
1: um, great question, because we we have to align expectations of the client. Because you know it's a lot of money and effort that goes into these pieces of collateral. So what we tend to do is we uh, we always get uh, we use a, a ABM approach, an account based marketing approach on, on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and on AdWords. More so for us, LinkedIn works really well, uh, and we come up with this multi participant paper or this campaign, usually a campaign, and we we put it out there. And what happens is then we find out that the Fort leadership really. Um, really pulls in some fantastic leads. Mm. And those leads are of high quality. So in our marketplace, it isn't about volume. And more so, I guess, for all agencies, it isn't about volume of leads. You know, we're not a performance agency. We're a sales and marketing inbound agency. Mm. So we, we, it's not about volume. Our clients have a high considered value. So their deal value can be hundreds of thousands of pounds. Mm. So, or dollars. Um, so it's about the quality of the lead. Mm-hmm. So when they download the, the white paper or if we target specific accounts with specific information on account-based marketing and they download it, it's then linked to HubSpot. Uh, and then we start to nurture or lead score and it will go to an SQL. So we always align content, outbound content, inbound, uh, MQL, SQL, mm. opportunity, close mm-hmm. win. Uh, always.
0: Yeah.
1: Non-negotiable for
0: us. That's great. Um, you mentioned ABM, account-based marketing. How does that tend to resonate uh, with with your prospects if they're still in the sales process or your customers, your clients? Like, how do you speak to it in a way that makes sure it resonates and they understand the value? Because it's kind of a shift from, to your point, of standard maybe inbound strategy. Yeah, it is. Um, so it, how do you kind of sell them on that vision?
1: We are really keen on, I don't want to call it paid media or outbound, but often inbound takes time. It takes time to get results. And, you know, from our industry, these are legacy guys who you know haven't touched a website in in dinosaur years and they're like it doesn't matter about our website because we go to events and we spend 20k on a on a financial times ad because we have to be in the ft right uh, you know and that's what we've done for 20 years mm-hmm. so that's what we're doing right and um, we'll go to cybos or we'll go to an event and we'll spend 50k on a on an event but they're not measuring the success right. so right. for us when we talk about SEO and inbound, and for financial markets, it's, it's about they don't want to be seen to pay for an ad because they think that's cheating. They think it's cheap. They think mm-hmm. it's not them. You know, they're a credible hedge fund or they're a credible investor bank. Mm-hmm. They don't pay for ads. They're, you know, they have an ego. So we, um, we say, okay, we're going to go down the account-based marketing route. So we describe account-based marketing. And we're going to go down account-based marketing, and we're going to nurture them because we know your sales cycle. You've told us. It could be nine months to two years. And we know your deal value is hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, and we know you want Bank of America as a client. So we're going to target Bank of America, and, we're gonna, and this is how we're going to do it. So we talk to them really in simple terms. They don't want the detail. So we say it's uber-targeted, mm-hmm. uber-targeted account, account-based marketing. So we will go after only the people that you want us to go after. There is minimum wastage. Only the people who we want to see the ad will see the ads, mm-hmm. and it's not labeled ad. It's a credible piece of thought leadership that you need. You can use it in your sales sales process. Mm-hmm. We can have a brochure about it, uh, and it will help online and offline. Mm-hmm. And, and then they, they understand that, and then they see themselves organically ranking for a piece of content, because it's it, it's you know it's keyword rich. Right. Yep. Uh, we do our. It has you know the right uh, search volume. It resonates with the target market, and more importantly, they see it turning into leads, and we give it to the sales team. And then they can see opportunities in close win. And then once it's like the light bulb moment, once that happens for them, they're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! I get can uh, you roll it out in? Do can yeah. you roll it out in Australia? Can you roll it out?" In, because often our companies, um, our clients have like they're, they're big enterprise clients, but they're hugely cautious mm. on this whole digital stuff. They call it, "Oh, you know, what is this fluff?" So we have to prove it, and we we do that by ABM. And inbound and seo yeah. and it sounds
0: like the thought leadership piece that real right. like real like foundational piece of contents the backbone of it all helps it sell the, the whole process and show that it works
1: yeah it is because um that's why i wanted to talk to you about it today because it's not just for us for fintech it's not just for financial services it, if you had a piece of thought leadership in any any sector or vertical mm-hmm. it would have the same value you know and it's evergreen it just right. you know i've got one client who um we we put a campaign out there two years ago right at the beginning it was our first uh, multi-participant paper and it has just just keeps just on continues. going yeah it yeah. just this thing never dies <laughs> it's just brilliant
0: that's like the dream, that's the ideal state yeah
1: right? yeah it's like evergreen
0: um for the thought leadership component, ABM, as you rolled it out for any of your clients, I don't know if you had any particular stories, but was there one that just didn't work or were there any pitfalls that you encountered? Yeah. If somebody else wanted to, to start anew, they can learn from yeah, you. Yeah, know,
1: I mean, honest. my goodness, we, we've made some mistakes mm. in the early days when we're like, oh, this is so simple. You know, <laughs> we'll watch a video on it and off we go. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's I guess it's just like AdWords as well. You have to know your stuff. More importantly, what I would say for the pitfalls of uh, account-based marketing is it's twofold. You it's, uh, the First of all, it's the creative. If you don't do your homework and you don't talk the right language or understand, you know, you've got an so for example, we use different types of LinkedIn ABM. Mm -hmm. uh, And account-based marketing has evolved hugely over the last, you know, five years. And LinkedIn is just way ahead of everybody else Mm. because it's affordable, it's measurable, it integrates with HubSpot, it integrates with Google Search Console. It's just brilliant. Mm. So you've got that whole closed-loop reporting. So a couple of pitfalls which we had from the early days is we're like, oh, okay, we'll do a lead generation campaign. So a lead generation campaign is use a piece of content for leadership and you put an ad on LinkedIn uh, to download this white paper. And you link the white paper to HubSpot, Mm -hmm. uh, to their portal, and you turn it into an MQL, SQL, an opportunity to close win, et cetera. And we're like, we put this creative out there, which we thought was just fabulous from right. our graphic designer. This is great. And nobody downloaded the white paper. We're like, the, the audience is right. What's going on? Yeah. So um, I'd say two things. The creative has to really resonate with that target market, test it. Mm-hmm. Test it with someone from that target market. Would you download this based on this banner ad? Mm-hmm because all they can see is the banner ad. At this point, they can't see right. what's in the paper. Um, so the creative is vital. Mm. And it has to be, you know, not too fancy, not from a, you know, just simple, brilliant call to action just that really resonates at the right part of the buyer's journey. It's an art and a science it to, to is. nail that. Yeah. And the other side of it is know your audience, because if you, we often use one of our journalists or our content, technical content writers from the financial markets to check the audience for us before we set live a campaign. And he's like, mm, I wouldn't go with those job titles, or can we go skills-based because I really think it's going to well, or we'll add in these keywords. or So... Setting it up is vital. Mm. If you make one error, you're going to waste a huge amount of money, or the audience might be too big, or the audience might be too small. Mm. You can go too niche, yep. and you won't get the right volume. Or you're, uh, and the other thing we've learned is once you have a campaign running, we're like this is fantastic. We can just you know sit back now. Yep. And then the uh, and then on a particular vertical, the audience tends to exhaust quite quickly. So we now know the pitfalls of not letting that. CPL, that cost per lead, rise too much, before we change it out Mm -hmm. and and keep changing out the creatives so the audience doesn't exhaust. So when I say the audience exhaust is, if you keep spamming the same people, your cost is gonna go up and you'll be de Mm scored So you have to be really on it and optimize it.
0: Yeah, so you can't set it and forget it. You can't
1: set it. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and, and if you do the audience incorrectly or you just guess it, you're doing a spray and pray. Right. And spray and pray, you are going to
0: waste a it's huge, it's to make a big a, mistake. a relevant message to everybody. Correct. Right? Have, but again, to your point, you don't want to go too small. There's a, there's a yes, sweet spot.
1: Yes, there's a sweet spot. And, and I, you know, I, it's not an exact science, and it comes with expertise. Mm-hmm. And we now know capital markets, we know financial services, we know fintech, and we kind of know now you know, six weeks in, we've got to refresh it, let's optimize it, let's look at the quality of the lead. And that's the other thing. If, um, on a lead generation campaign, for example, if you, what we often found is um, on LinkedIn, on ABM, you're targeting uh, like you might use your Gmail, not your company name. Mm-hmm. So one of, the, one of the things that we did wrong at the beginning is we didn't capture on that lead generation form the company name.
0: Mm. So we're like,
1: okay, we've got blah blah at gmail.com. How are we supposed
0: or, to Who the hell is he? Yeah. Right.
1: Right. <laughs> we can't match him to a company. Yeah. So uh, we've learned the hard way. And and similarly on those forms, if you if you ask for too much information, you're gonna get an abandoned rate on the form. Yeah,
0: too. So much again, friction, right? yeah, yeah, too yeah. much friction. It's yeah. like,
1: you know, you know, you're gonna ask so many questions I'm done. Mm. You know, this isn't worth it. Yeah. So
0: Um, So obviously it sounds like like real multi-participant white papers, uh, written-based content seems to be the the meat and potatoes of this strategy. Is there anything that you're excited about? Like, What could these pieces of content look like in the next three, six, nine months, or is there anything that you're testing, a new experiment? Like, what does the, the next step look like for you that you're testing? Yeah,
1: I mean, gosh, you know, HubSpot are releasing so much all the time. And we uh, we take these content pieces. Uh, so one of our clients, for example, uh, we it was all based on this. It was the one we did two years ago, and we turned it into an event. Hmm. So we use the multi-participant Uh, and we use lead generation with the multi-participant paper to push them into inbound, MQL, SQL, uh, appointment to an event, and the event then turned into a video, and the video then we used as the next content offer, which was already based on the white paper on the multi-participant we did. So I think video um, is gonna play a big part, it's already playing a big part in our workflows and our sequences, Mm -hmm. and personalized content as well is is also, uh, you know, ABM, it's just, you can target that specific person and remarket to them mm-hmm. by video, podcasts as well. Mm. We're doing a lot of podcasts oh, really? as well. Um, and just, just increasing and expanding the exposure of our clients by uh, elevating them as a thought leader in the in the industry as well
0: and it sounds like a, a key takeaway there is that you've taken that uh, multi-participant white paper and continued to repurpose yeah the content absolutely in there. so by the time a video comes out or a speaking engagement or something like that it's not a lot of net new content creation yeah it's but it's to, net to be, new leads yeah that's great yeah
1: and it, it really works so I'd say you know try and really focus on not you know I guess and we were we, one of the pitfalls we had is as an agency it was like when somebody signs a retainer with you it's like we're gonna produce four blogs a quarter one white paper one Mm -hmm. this one that and you can get hung up on the volume yeah and so we don't do that anymore we say to our client we're just gonna do this asset set of content and it lasts as long as it lasts and we're gonna repurpose it and Mm -hmm. we're gonna you know we're gonna really put effort into making this piece of thought leadership instead of just banging out 800 word
0: blogs four times so you pull the quantity out of the 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 yeah Yeah. we do so is that very like it is it project-based? Is there a time frame in which you're gonna deliver that whole pack of, of There assets?
1: has to be. So what we tend to do is because everybody is on a time clock, right? They, yeah. they wanna see results. Oh, they right. want, you know, you've promised them this magical inbound thing, uh, but inbound takes time. So what we often do is we we start the setup, uh, CRM setup, inbound, you know, that takes a couple of months to onboard them, you know, their talk to the sales familiar, team, yeah. training, onboarding, CRM, inbound, out. Uh, and sales as well we usually tend to send a sell an outbound and inbound and sales with seo so we we try and get the full funnel yeah. and um, but they want results so we often say okay here's what we're going to do we're going to kickstart an abm campaign mm-hmm. it's going to bypass their really crap legacy website <laughs> it's just going to do on a, a you know it would have a campaign landing page on hubspot we'll just create that out of the box and we'll have a lead generation campaign, which will download the leads and go straight into HubSpot. So it just bypasses and negates the use for their really poor website. Right. Right. And then we work on the CRM, we work on everything in the background. So mm. by the time we finish a setup, they have leads. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, we, we always say we're not a performance agency, but everybody wants, needs to measure a ROI right. and everybody wants quality yep. leads,
0: period. So it's an acceleration uh, yeah. to drive some results, while obviously for every engagement, the first few months are always tech set up and yeah. some of those like foundational, yes. uh, systematic backend type stuff. So you partner it with, or you pair we it. Do. Yeah, that's great. We pair
1: it with an ABM campaign and get it out the door, you know, as soon as possible.
0: Final question for you. Uh, ask this to every guest. Uh, definitely didn't prepare you for this one. Um, what would you say is the strangest part of agency life?
1: Oh, wow, okay. Uh, agency life or cl- working with clients? Uh,
0: either that either. fits into agency.
1: Okay, life, I'd say. yeah, I, I guess it's um, work. I guess it's working with it, in our industry. It's working with some really legacy clients who don't understand the terminology, mm. and they just don't get it. You yeah. know, they're often 60-year-old CEOs in a white tower who uh, who have a budget to pay for events or media, as they call it, like a, an ad in the FT. Yeah. And the strangest thing for us is because we work with, I hire, tech survey, straight out of the university, go-getters. And they come bouncing into these uh, into these events and these rooms and they're full of the jargon and, you know, they've got ideas and ideas and these ideas are fantastic. And then you just see these blank faces on our clients' faces like,
0: yeah.
1: what the, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, and I'm guilty of, you know, just dropping all the jargon, yeah. ABM, SEO, PPC, and people are like, so can you, can you rewind? you rewind? Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So it's funny when um, people come into our office and we're sitting around a table and we're chewing the fat with all of us mm-hmm. and we're just talking jargon and we've got short terminology for absolutely everything. And people are like coming and go, wow, it's like listening to a foreign language, right. you guys. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Or my husband often says to me, you know, when I'm on the phone, sorry, you just like spoke acronyms for 10 minutes yeah. there. You
0: just said letters, right? yeah, just <laughs> yeah, letters. Yeah, yeah right. it
1: makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I'm like, no, 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 they get it. You know, we're just talking shorthand mm-hmm. the whole time. So that's quite funny because we've got our own little language.
0: Yeah, that's it, honestly, it's true. But I think for your team and, and your audience, it's all, it's education, right? Yeah. You just gotta get them up to speed, which is a whole un, unique set of, uh, of challenges. But um, that's it, that's all I well, have for you. I really you. appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much, uh, thank this you. this has been uh, an episode of Agency Unfiltered.
1: Thank appreciate you, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Agency Unfiltered. If you like what you saw, heard, or read, Make sure to subscribe to our playlist on YouTube, our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or our newsletter on agencyunfiltered.com. Alongside episode launch notifications, the newsletter also comes with a ton of other helpful, strategically curated agency content from yours truly. And if you want to keep the conversation going or provide a counterpoint to this episode's discussion, tweet me at, at KevinDunn. I'll see you again in two weeks. But in the meantime, keep it unfiltered and let's all grow.